0: Listening to the Kirk and Baker Show. I'm David Baker, and I'm Rogers Kirk. Hey, it's good to see you,
1: man. It's such man, It's good seeing you. I mean, it's a beautiful day outside, isn't it?
0: It sure is. Well, every day's a beautiful day. We always say that. We, yeah. we talk about the weather sometimes, but then we, we we go back, and I know I know we don't try to get too religious on here. But this is the day that the Lord has made, right? And uh, it doesn't matter what the weather is outside. Cause, uh, we got to rejoice and be glad in it. There you go. You know,
1: it's, it's, we're in Iowa, and there are people who watch, listen to our broadcasts all over the country. And, uh, you know, it's, it's good to let them know that sometimes what they see about Iowa for the mm-hmm. weather, it's not always the case because it is beautiful outside. And as you say, God has made this day, but yeah. it is so awesome. You like the fall?
0: What's your favorite season?
1: My favorite season is whatever season... The temperature is
0: 75 degrees. Well, that's probably spring and summer into fall. So you pick three seasons right there.
1: Uh, yeah, as long as it's 75 degrees. I've
0: never seen that in winter. Well, we've gotten <laughs> close in winter before, but those have been some scary days with some tornadoes and things like that. But, well, we have a very special guest yes. who's not so scary this time of the year when uh, things go bump in the night, so they say. But we uh, want to welcome someone here to talk about voting. Oh, yeah. Because Pastor and I uh, both feel pretty strong about
1: very this, they're passionate. Thing. We are very passionate about voting, and this know. is really a voting season. This is a, a a time that people are even right now doing early voting. Okay.
0: Well, Frank Holly is here, and uh, I want to welcome you to KALA. And you've been on the air many times in many different ways, but never on a podcast before. Never, I can say this is my
2: first time in a you guys uh, chit-chatting about how good it was to see each other. I'm like the elephant in the room. I'm sitting here going, well, I wish I could say the same thing. It's just good to be here, though. Good to yeah, be here with yeah. you
1: guys. Yeah. So, was that kind of an underhand cut? So what was that? Yeah? I think, <laughs> I, you know.
0: <laughs> well, it, the election's coming up November 8th, and we would have to be absolutely turned off to any over-the-air media if we hadn't seen any of the commercials that are running, all of the political commercials that are running right now, some negative, some positive. And uh, I think that we're all weary of that at this point.
1: Yes, you're right about that. And I don't know, I haven't seen many positive ones, but I've seen a lot of negative. There are ways of feel with a lot of negative commercials and one person downgrading the other person, you know, and really nothing necessarily about what are those issues that causes me, uh, to go out and vote. So.
0: Yeah. Well, and I, I think the negativity, uh, is really turns people off, uh, sometimes, but well, Frank, uh, thank you for coming here to our podcast today. And, uh, tell us a little bit about your opinion on voting. Well, I, I
2: think voting is a, is a right that, uh, every citizen in the United States has it, Especially for uh, people of color, and it was hard fought, and many lives have have been sacrificed in in the pursuit of this right to vote. And it, it's uh, it kind of appalls me sometimes when when you approach people to talk about voting and ask them if if they're a registered voter, if they would like to become a part of that process, and they say, "No, I I don't I don't vote. Uh, I don't believe in the system." and I'm not going to vote for anybody. And it's just sad that, you know, we've come to this point in life that uh, uh, we're at where you have control. You, you have power. You want, your one vote is, is powerful. Uh, if you get enough of those votes, you can change things. And uh, sometimes people don't realize that uh,
0: they have the power to to do that. So voting voting is very, very important. You know, especially at our local level, the the school board. Sometimes those are such localized elections that literally one or two votes can make a difference. Um, and and you're dealing with your local neighborhood. Absolutely, absolutely. It's it, and it's so important because a lot of
2: times we complain about the outcome of decisions that the leaders make, and you know. And my, my thought on that is if I can impact the leader who's sitting in that seat to make the decision, then I want to do that. I don't want to be uh, after the fact. I want to be f- before the fact. I want to be uh, proactive and, and exercise my right, use my power to put the right person in that position.
0: Right. Well, I remember uh, my first election that I could vote at the age of 18 was the Mondale-Reagan race. Uh, Ferraro and Mondale ran against Ronald Reagan and George Bush, and uh, it was a, a a big election. But uh, Mondale could not bring that uh, Carter legacy with him, and the country was still weary from the whole Iran hostage thing. And Ronald Reagan had that charisma that seemed to attract so many people in the middle class at that time, and especially fifty plus that remembered him as the actor, as the hero, the except for in the bedtime for Bonzo movies. But uh, but it doesn't matter what political party you're in or where you vote. I mean, vote with your heart. I think that's what Pastor and I always say, right? We say, right, yeah.
1: Well, you know, one look at the issues, and uh, if that issue appeals to my self-interest, you know, I, I want those individuals who I'm voting for to understand that, you know, and... Uh, because well, there's so many issues out there, and we can get so confused by the many issues that's out there. But but there are few that that appeals to you as an individual. Just like now, whether it's a, a, a woman's right to choose, mm-hmm. uh, or whether it's the economy. So it's all of these you know different issues. But there are few that that this candidate uh, uh, appeals to my interest because he is the same as mine so mm-hmm. and then I'm looking to vote for him but as I was often say at, uh, at the church that if, if, if you don't vote, you have no right to complain
0: right right Absolutely it, and, and you know as a nonprofit you know churches, nonprofit St. Ambrose University we, we just can't and don't tell people how to vote of course but we tell people to vote with their heart and to vote uh, for the candidate that best uh, meets their, their own personal interests. And, and I, you know, I think that uh, we've been through such, such a lot of pain lately with the, with the last administration um, and the division in the country, the, and we're talking about the presidential administration, the Trump administration caused a lot of division in our country and the pain that was felt divided our country, uh, whether for better or worse. I think the history books are going to spell that out at some point. But we have uh, left an era in which a Tip O'Neill, who was Speaker of the House, a Democrat, could go in and have some cookies and milk or a a drink with uh, Ronald Reagan, the president. They used to be friends Mm -hmm. and they could be buddies. But then but on the on the floor of the house, Tip O'Neill was very much representing the Democratic Party. But I, th- this uh, this discord has uh, split a lot of people. So maybe that's why, Frank, that you're you're seeing some some people that say they're just not interested.
2: Oh yeah, and and, and what you said earlier about you know every everybody needs um, needs to uh, be able to exercise that right to vote. We we go out and we solicit. Uh, voters to register and to become a part of that process. And we, we take a nonpartisan stand. Uh, we don't take a political side as we approach people. We want to encourage everybody to get out and vote. I mean, uh, uh, you know, I have my own political preference, and but as we promote the voting process and the election process, uh, we, we don't endorse uh, a particular side. Uh, we, we, try not to do that because it's so important that, that, uh, democracy and when everybody gets a right chance to vote, this is democracy in action. And, and this is what we want to see. And as we talked about the most recent, uh, uh, our most recent, uh, uh president and and whatever, uh, democracy is really being threatened right now. Mm -hmm. And so we need to be able to address that by getting up and exercising our votes and putting people in the offices that will try to sustain the democratic process.
0: So what are some potential obstacles that present themselves in the voting process today? Um, I'm thinking of polling times, accessibility to vote, uh, things like that.
2: The the uh Iowa has changed the uh, voting laws uh and, and uh, Governor Reynolds did that. She changed the the time that, that you had to vote, the the uh the span. Uh, I think it's now from from uh seven to eight PM I, I believe. But she shortened those hours. Uh people working, you know, they don't always have Uh, The time to take off and to get out and vote within those core hours. So so she obviously would eliminate some folks from voting by doing that or make it a little uh, less convenient uh, to change the polling locations for for some places. They they changed the window for early voting. Uh, uh, there was a number of other things that that she changed also, but she there was a lot of things that were targeted at at reducing or eliminating access to the voting process for certain certain people.
0: Hmm. What about people standing in line uh waiting to vote and the polls close? What happens in those cases uh The polls close and uh the polls close and 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 the votes have to be
2: in uh when the polls close uh even if you haven't absentee ballot uh it, it in the past it could be postmarked and received uh after the closing time of the poll but today it has to be received in the auditor's office prior to closing so the votes
0: have to be in so if rogers kirk and david baker are standing in line and we can't get to the the poll because the line's too long and the polls are closing early can we vote i would have to i i don't want to speak um uh, I don't want to
2: speak on that uh, because I'm not specific right. on the exact nature of that. Right,
0: right. Well, that's that's a fair answer because we, hopefully we, we are early. But uh, I can remember some very long lines. Well, one of my earliest memories of voting is the 1972 presidential election, the big election. And I can remember going to Wood Junior High School, Davenport, Iowa, back when uh, – Wood was at the location of North High School on 53rd Street in Davenport for that 1972 election, which was uh, uh, George McGovern and uh, Richard Nixon. I remember going to that. uh, I didn't vote then. (laughs) I'm not that old. Kirk is looking at me like, Dave, how old are you? Uh, But I can remember going there with my mom and dad. And my dad worked throughout the day, got off work, had to get cleaned up. And I think we got up there, I think it was just getting dark. So November, you're looking at, what, 6 o'clock or something like that. So I don't know how long the polls were open back then, but that can be an obstacle if somebody's working.
1: Right. I, I, I've seen uh, that, that they have a poll watcher to come out at that time the poll closed at, at a certain time. He gets and stands there if there's a line at the end of the line that only people who are able to vote are those who are in line mm. prior to the closeout time okay okay that's what I've seen so all right I'm not sure I don't know that, how much yeah. that have changed and that I'm
0: sorry I, to put you on the spot Frank oh, no, and no, ask a no, question like that no, but no, no,
2: that's fine yeah. and, and uh I, I believe the law does say that if if you are in line yeah. at the time mm. uh, the post closed that there would be a cutoff at that right. point mm. and nobody else would be allowed to right. to get in line after that but you you would be given the right to vote. Right,
0: if, if you are in line, what what do you see as the opposition to early voting that that people are presenting? Because there are some people who are totally against early voting.
2: Oh, uh, I, th- I think one of the things I think in in, in the past election uh, there was a large uh, number of, uh, of minority votes, uh, and and it really uh, swayed the the results. And and I think a lot of people took advantage of that by getting those early votes in. And I think uh, uh, one of the opposition to that is let's prevent that because those people are, are, you know, they're doing the the absentee ballots, and if we can stop that, then maybe they won't get out to the polls and vote, so we'll eliminate that part of the process. Yeah,
1: and like some of those elections where the inclement weather, you know. And uh, And people just couldn't get out. Couldn't get out, but, you know, people now who are doing – uh the early voting and, and vote by mail right then and, and they was trying to reduce that, you're right. Here. Uh that to keep them uh from voting. But uh I, you know I, I it's, it's my hope that at some point uh I know that two things have been talked about uh as far as the bill uh is to make uh election day a a holiday. In other words uh Everyone, you know, you wouldn't have anyone working so they could be able to vote. You know, to you know, tell. So you can
0: also take me out to lunch.
1: <laughs> and we can have some pie. You right? That's oh no, oh no. So here
0: we go. Here no we go. Pie? Anyway, we got to have that pie. <laughs> yeah, but but
1: yeah. so uh, to to have that, then you can have an opportunity for everyone to, to vote. Right. You know, all these barriers that they're doing, and and the state legislatures. Legislation uh, is is putting those things in place uh, to, as Mr. Ali said earlier, uh, to prevent people from voting, especially those of color, you know. Yeah.
0: Uh, so who do we see as the early voters? We're seeing senior citizens. We're seeing people of color, mm-hmm. uh, absentee. I know a lot of senior citizens vote right. absentee because it's difficult for them to get to the polls. I know my grandfather voted absentee a couple of times and uh, a few times and it's because he had trouble getting around and getting to the polls right Right. so so the people would come to the house and he'd fill the paperwork out and then they would submit it however they submitted it back in those days this would have been in the 1970s into the early 80s but are what kind of uh audience are we seeing what kind of demographic do you think is is voting early
2: I, I think the demographics are changing because uh, people are becoming more educated on the process. So, with that being said, uh, the more knowledge they have, uh, it's spreading, it's broadening, uh, rather than being restricted to certain groups. I, I think it's 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 uh, it's got a, a wide dispersion of, across the whole whole population. Branstad, uh, when w- he was in uh, office. Um, he would send out absentee ballots. He would just send them out. Now, you know, things change. Now you have to request, re- request those. I mean, that's, that's another change. So, you know, there's a lot of things going on. In, in Arizona, I was watching uh, TV uh, yesterday, uh, last night, and uh, people going early voting and dropping their ballots off into the drop boxes. Mm-hmm. And you've got these people intimidating uh intimidation, voter yeah. intimidation. They're oh. standing out. They've got their uh, flak jackets on and got guns and they're standing out by the boxes and, and people were afraid to go in and, and, and drop, drop their, their ballots off. Right. I mean, this, this is the kind of <coughs> stuff that's going on, but, but uh, there's many ways to, to, uh, you know, to influence that early,
1: early voting process. Yeah. Yeah. yeah there's So much intimidation. You're right. I, I saw that yeah. uh, as well. But you look at the laws being changed, they, uh, it's like that one area in Texas, in that Houston area, where they had drop boxes uh, all over, they kind of like narrowed it down, you know, where you may have, have 50 drop boxes, you only got 20, uh, yeah. uh, only got two, you know, yeah. uh, so that it will keep people from ha- finding the drop box to drop their uh, ballots in. Yeah, limited so that, access. Yeah. So they're doing all of those kind of things to, uh, to end the voting. Uh Frank, what what organization are you working with? Uh, I, I'm with
2: the uh, uh, NAACP uh, and the uh, Alpha Phi Alpha fraternity, uh, Incorporated, and uh, we have an offshoot group called Power in Numbers, and this this organization um, uh, consists of um, uh, a number of local. Uh, organizations and and the uh, local fraternities and some of the local businesses and some of the local social justice groups and we've gotten together and and formed a group called uh, 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 Power in Numbers in our numbers and and that group just focuses on uh, social justice and one of our key key uh, 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 targets this session was the voter registration process and so you know we've had forums uh, we've had them here at Saint Ambrose. Right. Uh,
0: the county supervisor forum, yeah. Supervisor. Candidate form, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh
2: we had uh the the uh, uh another one down at the uh Eastern Iowa community. Uh, and so we, we we're just looking to get voters educated and to get voters registered. I mean we there's just a huge lack of knowledge. Uh, and the Bible says that people perish because of a lack of knowledge. And that applies to the fact that folks aren't educated about the voting process. They don't know the candidates. And so, you know, one of the things that we try to do was get candidate information out. So, uh, some people would approach this, who do I vote for? I don't, I don't know who to vote for. We'll so here, here's some information, read this information. And so we try to give them information on everybody. Uh, we, we, we try to be nonpartisan and because everybody,
0: uh deserves the right to make their own choice. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I think the memory is there for some people of the old Jim Crow uh, laws, the unwritten laws on the books from the South, uh, when we talk about some of the unfair voting practices of the past that are the past, but they're not that far in the past. No, right. They're within about 60, 65 years. They would ask someone, how many bubbles are there in a bar of soap? or how high is the sky
1: or how many right. jelly beans in a ju- in a jar
0: right yeah, yeah. i saw i've seen that you saw I, that happen oh when person. i was a child yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah and so i think that people are i'm not, I'm not that old but yeah i know i know you're yeah. just you're just a young guy <laughs> yes yeah this is your first election or second that you're voting in maybe <laughs> he doesn't want to answer. I just turned old enough to vote. <laughs> you know, God has God has a lot of power and the, I don't want lightning to hit the building. Yeah, right because now. I don't know why y'all try to make me <laughs> um but but seriously, we look at uh the pain that that caused and the suffering and the and the fight that people like Dr. King gave and all of the the work on the Voting Rights Acts of 64 and 65. Mm-hmm. And all of those efforts and the people who died along the way, whether yeah. it was a march or it was a speech, whether it was uh, a, a small appearance or a big appearance, uh, uh, it was all about giving the people a voice. And I think that it doesn't matter. I, I, Dr. King wasn't fighting for the Democratic Party or the Republican Party. Human rights. He was fighting for human rights. Right. Right? Right. It was not a political party. And some people tried to make it a political party. And that didn't work either for them. So I think that um, that memory is still there. And I think people have got some fear in there, you know, that we may revert back to something like that. Yeah, I, I, I think that's uh,
2: absolutely feasible because uh, uh, when uh, Mr. Trump came into office, he kind of opened the door to say that uh, this overt uh, racism and discrimination was okay and and he he sanctioned it and, and he condoned it and he actually promoted it yeah. and so people came out the woodwork i mean like you guys were saying earlier that people that you didn't realize were of a certain persuasion all of a right. sudden you see them Taking a position here because now you have a <coughs> spokesman, uh, the leader of the country. He's he's speaking out on these issues and he's raising a flag. And now all you have to do is line up behind him. You don't really have to do anything but say, "Yay, I support you." Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, that's that's a, a terrible.
1: Yeah, right. You're right. They, they just came out the woodwork, didn't they? Yeah, yeah it came out. Yeah. Uh, oh, let me, I can pull my Confederate flag out. I can. I can have my anti-Semitic rhetoric, you know, we can, you know, that's how I really feel. And, you know, and you see all these things going on right now. And and not only those people who are working in the polling places are feeling threatened, you know, uh, and they're not even wanting to work anymore in the polling place because of the threats that they're uh, receiving. It's bad out there. And this is Uh, You know, here we are 2022, and
0: you know, and then 2024, you don't know how bad it's going to be, you know. Yeah, with the presidential election. Uh, My family and I were in Washington, D.C., just before the Trump inauguration. So we visited Christmas time, 2016. And tour after tour, and visit after visit, and we were guests at the White House, um, at the. uh, white, We couldn't get into the White House. They were, uh, they were busy at that time due to the holiday, but we were at the Capitol building, and we were guests there and got a grand tour of uh, the Capitol. And the lesson that was taught to us over and over was this peaceful transition of power and how beautiful and wonderful and how magical and how unique that is to the world that we have someone who's a president, they lose the election, and then there's the peaceful transition. So this would have been uh, Obama was done and uh, Trump had won the election. And the uh, incoming office, he came in and uh, Barack Obama left a letter for Donald Trump. I'd love to read what the letter said. It was in the Oval Office. It was written on a page. It was his advice to him and mm-hmm. left. But that's what was instilled into us is this unbelievable, unique united states republic this this thing that would allow people this peaceful transition, so I think that's why people vote, and that's what they hope will happen uh, yeah you know america' has, has <coughs>
2: uh, been based on uh it's a melting pot it's based on a number of different people from all over the world you know, and you have those freedoms when you when you come here and and voting is is one of those you you have power you have say about your government and and what happens and and you know you you have to elect those leaders to make those decisions and you put those guys in the office hoping they represent your interests your concerns and your positions and and you know and I think uh, uh when you get certain people in office that uh, ignore those kinds of things, those democratic uh, mores that we have, mm-hmm.
0: and it just changes things and it just uh, taints the whole. And, and that's democratic with the little d, right? With yeah, a little yeah, d. yeah. there's the big d for democratic, yeah, little, yeah, okay, yeah.
1: But you said something a moment ago that, you know, they come in and, and people become citizens and they are given these rights. Why is it then do they have to, uh, to go back every so often and renew the Voters' Rights Act? What is that when you had a constitution that, that that says that everyone, every citizen has that right, but now, I mean, but now, I mean, they voted in the uh, the Civil Rights, uh, Voting Rights Act, uh, and now, you know, they were trying to pass the John Lewis Voting Rights Act. Well, why does that have to be done so uh, you got the rights today, but, you know, we can take that right from you at any time?
0: Yeah,
2: Uh I mean, that's, that's that, we 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 have Congress, and you know they they can make laws mm-hmm. and set laws and and change laws, and and that's one of the issues we got today with uh, Roe versus Wade, the mm-hmm. decisions about the uh, woman's right to to you know choose whether to have an abortion or not. But th- these people actually change the laws, and mm-hmm. you know it depends on who's in office, right. and, and and that's really the the crux of this whole thing about voting is who's in there can actually change. What's been established. So you know we're comfortable today in our positions, but in the law because the law protects us. And then all of a sudden, you, you the, the administration changes, and they can change the law, and we're no longer protected. So right. we're always at risk yeah, always. based on who's in office.
1: That's it, and and that that's why this midterm election. So those people who are listening to us, this this midterm election is so important because if if uh, it, it it has the. Uh, the possibility of changing the balance of power Absolutely. Uh, just in the midterm. And then if the president uh, changes or the Senate changes, uh, but it, it could really uh, put us back decades.
2: Yeah, it could it, destroy what we, what we look to. Yeah,
1: and, and that's why sometimes it's so sad. And, and this democracy that we're, well, we only how many years? 200 some plus years, yeah. you know, and trying to figure this thing out. And it doesn't take much. This thing that happened on January sixth shows you that our, our democracy can can uh is very fragile. I, I didn't think it was that fragile, but very that, that one person gets up and says one thing and say, Come here and let's take over and people show up. Yeah, like, right. You see you look on TV, you see that in third world countries uh, right. and things of that nature. But here it is, this happened right here. In the United States of America,
0: right? Yeah, right. That's scary. <clears throat> well, how can people register to vote? Is it too late to register for this upcoming election? It's it's uh
2: it's too late to pre-register. Uh, all the efforts up until now were a pre-registration effort. You know, you get registered, you get in the system. So when you go to vote, it's easy to just look you up and you know verify your your identity and right. and vote. But to vote now at this point, you 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 uh you would have to uh, register on the day of the election. So you can still register, but you'd have to
0: register. Where do they do that at? At the the polling site? At the polling site. Okay, you can still do that? Yes, yes, you can. So November 8th. You can can, register. You can go to the polling site and register. What do you have to bring along? Uh, You need an identification, uh, some
2: type of identification, uh, a driver's license or uh, state
0: i d or a veteran's card or passport passport yeah, you got one of those yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah and do you have to have a a bill or something that's mailed to your address to, uh, um, that was one of the mail one yeah. of the conditions, and the
2: other one was uh if you don't have an i d uh you can have uh, someone who is a registered resident that knows you verify
0: your identity at at the polling site all right. Well, just in case, Pastor Kirk, I've always got you. I can verify you are you.
1: Man, I really appreciate that.
0: <laughs> as long as he buys you lunch, right? That's yeah. right. Well, that that would be our own personal condition, that, but there's no law against that. What? As long as there's it, a piece there's of pie your- included, I'll I'll verify you're you. Yeah. Okay. Well,
1: yeah. I, I, I think about doing you the same way.
0: Oh, that, I think that's <laughs> nice. That's nice. Well, Frank Holly, I want to thank you for coming on the Kirk and Baker Show and just talking a little bit about voting and this precious right that we have absolutely it's a it's a
2: a right that I I don't know if everybody takes it as seriously as they should because of what went into getting that right to vote and what it means uh, for everyday life you know uh, uh, we're we're talking county supervisors you know uh, Scott County has a budget uh, you know and, and that money how it's spent and how it impacts uh, the communities we live in, and and those kinds of things are important. I mean, they're very important. And then when when uh, we don't see uh, uh, developments in our area, we don't see money being funded on issues that we believe in, and then we wonder why because we got the wrong people making the decisions. So you know, you got to get out and 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 and, and utilize. Uh, your right to vote. I mean, it's it's right. just so, so critical that, as Pastor Kirk said earlier, you know, with, with the Congress, the balance of power in Congress now, I mean, the people that we elect for our, our congressmen, our representatives, are going to make huge decisions that are going to filter right back down to us. And, and so we need to be aware of that and, and to get out and try to
0: well, and- influence it. Follow, follow the money. It goes from the federal to the state level, each of the states, the United States of America, then to the, the county level, then to the local. Yeah. That's where the money goes. Yeah. It doesn't go straight from the federal straight to no. <laughs> the cities uh, or the little hamlets and towns in New Orleans or, or uh, Davenport, Iowa or Boston, Massachusetts. It, is, uh, it has that chain, and that's how the money goes. Yeah. Yeah, but yep. they,
2: you know they decide the usage of the money. Absolutely. Know? So, so that's that's important. You know who's who's making that decision and, and what are, whether are they're uh, driving uh, uh, criteria. So you know it's
0: really important uh, when you when you're deciding on a leader. Well, thank you so much for putting that stamp of approval on our approval of people getting registered to vote and get out there and vote.
1: Thank well, like you guys. Uh, let me give a disclaimer. I, I, I've been known, Frank uh, Minister Harley. For quite a while, he's he, he's a member of uh, the Third Missionary Baptist Church. I I just think I need to throw that in. You can
0: throw that in. And also, yeah, yeah. we want to say neither of us are indicating, or, and none of us on the podcast, any political bias no. on the show. And, and we urge you to vote for the candidate of your choice. Yeah, right? absolutely. Yeah.
1: That's what I'm doing. Yeah, that's what I'm doing.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, he's a yeah.
1: wonderful uh, man. I almost made a mistake and said young man, but... <laughs>
0: <laughs> He's a little older than you, A couple years, a little? little bit, yeah.
1: Then, then you or the, pastor.
0: well, uh, pastors just a, a kid, you know. And uh, he, I have to tell him sometimes about the olden days, like Andy Griffith show and What's things that? like that. See, he that? doesn't yeah. know what Nobody that, and that
2: and is. Barney, see, I don't know. He doesn't know. That. He doesn't I know none those none names. None
0: of that. So, I, I tried to get him up to speed on. Uh, Sanford and Son the other day, Ooh. and he just didn't. He, see, he doesn't know who Red Ooh. Fox is or any of Red, that. So. He, doesn't, he doesn't know Lamont? Lamont Sanford, yeah. <laughs> <What> are, <laughs> anyway, what are that's those for... I'm, I'm too young to that's know That's for that. another show. But
2: I've known him for a long time, and, and he actually, he married me, mm-hmm. and and I, I owe him a debt. Yeah, he never did pay me. Which oh. I still owe him, and I, I still hold that in reserve. That <laughs>
0: wow. I owe him for that. It's been great having you on the show. Frank Holly, thanks for being with us on the Kirk and Baker Show. I'm David Baker. Thank you. And I'm
1: Rogers Kirk and thank you again. Thank you again. And uh, we ask that you tune back in
0: to the Kirk and Baker Show.